I'm back. This week on the Fieldhouse Files, I'll explain my situation, what all has gone on over the last month, and what you can expect from me moving forward. Plus, I'll hit on a few key points as the NBA tries to restart its season, as players have returned to Indy, and COVID testing is underway. Welcome back. Oh, oh yeah, man, how you doing? You good? I know you like that. I know you like that. And welcome into another episode of the Fieldhouse Files. I'm Scott Agnes. I know it's been a while, nearly a month since I last had a show and since I was last employed, in fact. If you haven't heard the news, yeah, I was one of the unlucky 46 members of The Athletic that got the bad news back on a Friday afternoon on June 5th. About two hours ahead of time, we got the news to join in the all-hands company-wide meeting where we eventually, later on in the afternoon, learned our fate. And it was a good run for me. I'm really grateful for the opportunity, certainly, to work at The Athletic. If you didn't know, I was the first hire for the Indiana Vertical and was proud to kind of help launch that Indiana Vertical because there's just a wealth of sports here in central Indiana. Obviously, it starts with the Colts and Indiana basketball. Then you got Pacers. You have IndyCar, Butler, Purdue, Fever basketball, high school basketball, now high school football, and a lot more going on. And so I thought that was a perfect opportunity both for myself and for fans around the state or for fans following from afar, even from the UK, from China, what have you. I know there's Pacer fans all over, and I know you are both reading and listening to our coverage, so I do feel sorry for you. I'm still trying to figure out my next move, to be quite honest. I've had several conversations um, about possible steps. To be honest, there aren't a lot of people hiring in media right now, in fact. I mean, we're seeing cuts all across the board. We saw the NBA cut nearly 100 of its digital employees and such. That's not good for anyone. It's certainly not good for those of us in digital media. But now it's just trying to survive for the next several months, right? And I'd be lying if I wouldn't caught off guard by that move. But now I'm trying to move forward with what? Again, I'm not exactly sure. The good news is, as you're hearing me right now, I was able to get back the IP for my podcast. It was my podcast. I launched it on my own Crazy to believe, five years ago. In fact, I launched my own website 10 years ago, back in 2010, and I had to get my writing fix in. I tried to take a couple weeks off, reflect, look ahead, consider what was next, maybe what I, exactly I wanted to do, but begun writing again at VigilantSports.com, and I'm obviously back behind the microphone and will continue to produce Pacer-centric conversations and next up in fact will be an interview with former pacer cj miles it was a conversation we actually recorded the night before i got my bad news but it was right when there was so much social unrest and protests were all going on and there was plenty of basketball talk as well and i also plan in coming days and weeks to check in with friends going down to cover the games down in disney and inside the bubble, plus I'll catch up with former Pacers, much like I did with Jeff Foster a few months ago. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. If you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to Fieldhouse Files on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, etc., to listen to both new 
in archived episodes. Now, enough about me. Let's talk some Pacers basketball, shall we? Let's go. Ain't no way they can stop me now. Daddy, cause I'm on my way. I can feel my ring coming. It's the blood of a champion. I'm on deep inside my legs. You must ride to be running. I'ma get what I can and more. Even if my blood, my sweat, and my tears don't mean Well, the first thing we should probably talk about is health, player health, staff health, because that's the most important thing when it comes down to it. And things look very, very good from a Pacers standpoint. Everybody is seemingly in great condition. Even Jeremy Lamb has been out on the court getting work in. Remember, he is less than four months removed from significant left knee surgery. In fact, the week everything went down in mid-March, he flew to New York and had His knee operated on really just in time, right? Because then they shut down kind of those elective surgeries. So it was actually quite critical that he was able to maximize this quarantine time, was able to get that surgery in, and then return to Indianapolis where he could rehab both in the comforts of his downtown condo as well as going to the Pacers practice facility every single day to get proper professional treatment uh, and rehab as well. Otherwise, Pacers doing quite well, in fact. Victor Oladipo spoke on a Zoom conference call earlier this week and said he still did not quite feel 100%. Not exactly surprising considering while he is 17 months removed from surgery, what we've seen from the past is it quite often takes these guys after significant injuries. Professionals are not. About two years to recover. We saw that here locally with Paul George. We saw it with a local product in Gordon Hayward who remember the first game of the year in his first appearance with Boston, went to Cleveland and kind of snapped his ankle leg right there and was not the same, didn't finish out that year, and then wasn't quite the same the following year. And so how I viewed this year anyway, before the virus and everything went down, was this was a year, a season for Victor to regain his confidence, to take back out onto the floor and kind of get his skills back, get back in some basketball rhythm, build up to where he wanted to be going into the summer where you expect a normal summer where he'd probably spend it in Miami for the third straight year and could really work upon those little things that maybe weren't quite there. And I think early on what we saw was Vic's speed was much better than expected, at least it was to me. But on the negative side of everything, you could tell his mind was about three or four steps ahead of his body. Now, that improved much over the month and a half that he played remember he's only played 13 games barely even you know 300 minutes so he hadn't been out there much limited in back-to-backs and I certainly don't expect should he play in Orlando for him to play in that back-to-back thus far Vic is the one that remains non-committal he's he's still waiting it out still trying to see how he feels and his biggest concern is not COVID it's not the social unrest and and detracting from that what it is according to Vic is the ramp-up period. What he's most concerned about is basically going from 0 to 60 to 100 in such a short time. And to contextualize that, because that is always incredibly important, is to keep in mind that coming back from this injury that occurred in late January of 2019, he began playing again in November in terms of with the Mad Ants on 3-on-3, 4-on-4, and eventually working his way up to 5-on-5. That was in November. He didn't make his season debut, his first game after injury, until January 29th. So he essentially gave himself three months of rehab, of taking it easy, um, of not having any setbacks. That should be notable. And according to Kevin Pritchard, 
Vic has not had any setbacks during the last several months. So that is all very positive. And there's a lot more. This is probably a story and a podcast on its own, but I wanted to share exactly where Vic is at at this point and also what he is thinking. According to Kevin Pritchard, I thought it was interesting how he noted that Vic looks you know, outstanding in the best shape he's ever seen. And he, he gave him a lot of credit for whatever he did at his Disney home in Orlando to stay in shape and those sorts of things. Vic pulled back a little bit. Said he felt good, not great, wasn't 100% estimated at the end of March, kind of when the season halted, that he was, I don't know, pushing around 80% is what he said or so. And I wouldn't expect him to maybe be 100% until the fall, maybe even winter, which would eventually be about two years removed from the injury and then surgery. And the last thing to keep in mind is right before that injury, remember, he sat out a, a groupings of games. Then he quickly came back without any ramp-up period. So I think that's a second factor to keep in mind here. Testing has gone on uh, across the league, and we learned on Thursday the latest tally, and that's 25 of 351 players have tested positive for coronavirus. Uh, And even more interesting, we finally learned what it means for the staff, what their numbers are for staff members across the league. And according to the NBA... That's 10 staff members of a total of 884 tested positive. So I would say that's probably about what you would expect. You would expect some cases, not a ton, not a couple, but 10 is probably a reasonable, accepted, tolerable amount. Of course, Malcolm Brogdon was the one pacer to test positive, so he has not been around the pacer's facility since he did more than a week ago. He is at home lifting, running, and doing yoga, Kevin Pritchard said which I was a little surprised about just because they're supposed to be laying low, but probably up to the player. And I can't imagine a lot of these players are comfortable, A, not doing anything, and B, considering what they might look like and feel like if they didn't do anything physically for two weeks. It's not easy, and it's certainly much different than what they are accustomed to, but this is what teams are dealing with right now. And Specifically with the Pacers, they're having timed workouts. and This spanning from 7.30 in the morning to 4.30 in the afternoon. Guys are allowed in. They're able to work with two coaches at one time. They rotate from being on the court for, say, an hour, then at the weight room for however long, about an hour, and then into the training room for some preventative work, maybe some treatment and such, whatever they need specifically designed for their individual program. On July 1 of this week, number one, it, wasn't it just odd? That was a usually exciting time. It was a time that marked the end of one fiscal NBA season, and we looked ahead to the next year. It meant a new salary cap. It meant free agency. It meant new players. It meant agreements, those sort of things. This one did not. What this one meant, basically what we were all talking about is who would be included in the team's traveling list to Disney, and that's because – Teams were limited to 35 personnel, including players, coaches, staff members, etc. Now, that does not include two people that they must take, and that includes a public relations manager as well with someone for social media. And those two are critically important to both take care of the media there, but mostly at home. So the social media person will not only be producing content in-house, but also sharing it to people like myself who cannot be down there but want to share video or see video of what's gone on or video interviews and those sorts of things. In my world, this is also much different because every day now we're doing interviews over Zoom, and I'm sure you're used to it as well just with work and such, but it's very impersonal. 
Um, the other big challenging thing I've noticed is it's very hard to get deep into one subject because as we bounce around, as every reporter gets a question in, we all kind of come from different mindsets. So very rarely are we asking the same type of questions. So one might ask about what they just got done. Another asks about their concern for Disney. And another one asks about maybe what they're working out on on the court. In turn, you get three totally different answers and none of them that relate to the same thing, if you will, if that makes sense to you. So it is a challenge and something that we're all adapting to. That's all we can do. It's a a temporary thing we all hope. And uh, we're all just trying to make the best out of a very unusual situation. Now, the Pacers had till Wednesday afternoon to submit their 35 names of who will be entering the campus. And let me emphasize here that it was a soft deadline, much like everything going on right now. Let me again emphasize, dates are all tentative. That's because we're all trying to figure this out at one time. The NBA, I mean, they have so much they've written out that they've designed that they've had to learn and experiment with, right? They're sending memos daily to teams. They're sending reports to players and teams more than 100 pages thick there's several things that I'll get into in just a bit about what's going to be available to everyone down there but in all the Pacers plan to take all 17 players down to the Disney campus including both their two-way guys plus the four coaches the two video coordinators and more staff members Mad Ants coach Steve Gansey whose contract was technically up on July 1 I'm told has been extended by several more months as they try to kind of finish out this season. However, he would normally travel with the team, both in the preseason. He was on their trip to India. He would join them, help them out at the practice facility once the Mad Ants season is over with and travel with them in the playoffs. He is not part of that list. And you can read my guess of exactly who is part of the Pacers crew online at VigilantSports.com. That's who I think will be part of the Pacers traveling party. One fun note about Disney that we learned today is that the Pacers court that you're familiar with, the Bankers Life Fieldhouse, that was both shipped and installed in a ballroom at the convention center down there and is going to be one of the courts used for team practices for all teams. Um, And teams will have up to three hours daily to get practice time in. And then it's really up to the team how they spend the rest of their time and the individuals. And that's something they're all going to have to figure out because while free time does sound great, doesn't it? A lot of it might be spent rehabbing. It might be spent some team bonding or meeting with other players or working towards some of these initiatives. I'm sure Malcolm Brogdon will be very active both um, by himself with the team and uh, having meetings with you know player association rep- representatives, maybe holding town halls over Zoom. I don't know. There's a lot of things kind of in the works and that he hopes to get done while down there, um, but players will have to figure out how to fill time. If Victor goes down, which we should expect, but we don't know just yet, maybe he'll take some kind of tools to record music or write music. Um, many guys will certainly take their Xbox, their speakers. Um, all players will be given a Fire TV stick so they can watch Netflix and maybe like a YouTube TV. Um, lots of TV, probably lots of music. Um, maybe reading of some books. And there's several other things that we've learned here just this week. Inside the bubble, the NBA has created a campus app that allows for individuals to order food kind of 24 hours. They have a 24-hour concierge to help set them up. Maybe they'll have movie screenings of different Disney shows. They can play golf. They can go boating. They can go fishing. Um, And the Pacers will be staying at the Grand Floridian Hotel. That's one of three uh, hotels that... The 22 teams will be spread out across to try to make it even and to try to keep 
their distance, right? Um, and the Pacers specifically, they'll head down to Florida in one week on July 9th as the NBA is staggering the arrival of 22 teams over three days. And then everyone within the traveling party must be in quarantine for 36 to 48 hours. Then they're going to be tested at least once per day. I could see it working its way up to maybe even twice a day. Being hopeful, maybe they get down to every other day. That's where it's at right now as Pacer players and staff are heading to the St. Vincent Center. They are tested every other day for COVID-19, and hopefully they can continue to keep the numbers down. I think it's going to be a case that they get down there, and once everybody is inside the bubble, I think they'll be good because it's, it's probably one of the more safer environments out there, right, because it's contained with extreme testing and extreme precautions being made at this point but it'll all be fascinating and um hopefully everyone is safe and we will be following from afar that will wrap up this episode of the Fieldhouse files i apologize personally for being away from you for the last month i know you're seeking an outlet you're probably looking for some pacers coverage i am back here and we'll continue to write probably at VigilantSports.com for right now you might see me expanded on other platforms as well but as i said hang in there I don't know what exactly I'm up to, and when I do, you will be the first to know. Subscribe to this podcast. That's one way you can help me out. If you don't follow me on social media platforms yet, I'm sure you are at this point, but if not, you can do that. I update my Facebook page with my latest story as well, Scott Agnes MBA, if you want to check that out. But basically, I just wanted to come on here, explain my situation, update you on some Pacers news, and kind of set the tone to continue on with the Fieldhouse Files. So I appreciate your loyal support. I appreciate you tuning in and making it this far on the Fieldhouse Files. And I'll talk to you again soon with my conversation with former Pacer, CJ Miles. It's good to be back.